0: Welcome back. Thank you once again for hanging out with us. This is the one and only IT in the D Show episode 444. I'm your host, Bob Walton. should be alongside co-host producer extraordinaire Randy Walker. Guest this week, we are lucky to have African Caesar in the house, a.k.a. Rashawn Bryant, a.k.a. the host. Actually, you were a guest, but you were like the host because you were in half the show <laughs> of Swoosh Dreams on the History Channel and the host of the Sneaker Box podcast, um, we're gonna be talking about the shoe industry because this is something completely new to me. Had no idea it was a thing. When I first met Rashon, he kind of just like got to you know introduce me to it and sneaker culture and all that. So we're gonna dive in head first. You can find us online, it dot com. And do us a favor, give us a like on the socials, subscribe to us everywhere. Find podcasts are sold. And don't forget meetup.com/slash it in the D. We are gonna be at Nancy Whiskey in Corktown on the eighteenth. It's gonna drop in the morning. You're gonna be there at night. Five o'clock until question mark. No cover. Uh just a bunch of geeks hanging out, having drinks and uh not hitting business cards or they're due. Whatever, whatever it's it's up to you. Whatever you'd like to do. Hopefully the weather's nice. We'll be sitting on the patio. Rochelle man, how you doing?
1: I'm Pretty living.
0: Good. I'm living. I'm uh I know it's audio only, but I'm digging the backdrop, man. You got all okay. the <laughs> your collection going on. Yeah. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna dive right in, man. You, uh, you texted me a couple weeks ago, and you're like, "Hey, man, check out History Channel tonight." I'm like, "I'm thinking you're gonna say one or two things, or it's just gonna be like one quick clip, or they're just gonna like pan by you, and you're gonna be like, hey, you were like the host of this show.' Like, you, there was three people kind of going round round robin the entire show. How did that come about?
1: Um. Okay. So real quick is interesting that you said that because I thought the exact same thing. And that's why I was scared to promote it. Because I'm like, I'm going to be in there for like four seconds. <laughs> right? That's cool. Yeah, no, I, I, was, uh, I was pleasantly surprised by the amount of time that I was given in that episode. Um, but they reached out to me. So what happened was I had gotten into uh, back and forth with Virgil Abloh, who's like this um, famous designer. He did a lot of collabs with Jordan and Nike uh, right before his death. And so i kind of had this like so okay with sneaker collaborations right that's when the brands allow uh, somebody famous or a designer to come in and put their own twist onto an existing silhouette right or to an existing shoe of theirs to kind of give it new life and to kind of do this one-off type thing right and so his thing he had been doing it for like for some years now and it was pretty much becoming redundant right and i was just calling him out because i'm like you know if you're a designer, design something like don't just keep doing the same thing. It's like how many how many times can you remix the same song before you get tired of the same song? You just want to hear a new song at this point, right yeah. and so that was my whole argument, but of course, in this day and age, you know people have their fan base, and you know they'll defend them to the death, right and so went back and forth
0: let me let me stop on that real quick is the fandom. I gotta ask this because I'm in, mm-hmm. I'm involved in two of the three. Um, is the fandom mm-hmm. worse? Like I'm involved in the Star Wars fandom. I'm involved yeah. in pro wrestling fandom, and I t- I kind of dip my toe into DC versus Marvel. But I like them both, so I'm not in I'm not on either side. Like, is the sneaker community like the like the internet community worse or or it's the same or, or better than than those three?
1: Uh, I would say it's probably the same. You know, um, I just think. You know, I feel like there was a point in time, like previously, like there was always rabid fans. Right. But I always felt like as a fan, you could still have a level of objectivity. Now it's just Mm -hmm. completely gone. Like if you have to, in order to be a fan, you have to co-sign exactly everything they do. Everything mm-hmm. they do is great, right? Well,
0: not only that, you can only like one thing and you have to hate the other. Like, you can't just yeah. like... You can't like all wrestling. You have to, like, you be a WWE guy or an AEW guy. Exactly. Or you got to be a Marvel, not a DC. And it's like... Yep. You got to hate the prequels on Star Wars. It's like, well, I like, I like what I like. You know, let me yeah. be. You but no, can't do
1: it. Like, I'm a big Michael Jackson fan, but I'll be the first to admit that Blood on the Dance Floor was a horrible album. Like, it was just not good, right? <laughs> like, And so, you know, but that's being objective. And so... um And so, anyway, I got into it and I wrote an article um, basically apologizing, but it was like the most sarcastic apology ever, right? Like, it wasn't even an apology, it was just me being passive aggressive. And so it went viral, and the producers of this show, The Fast History of, they saw it. And they thought it was interesting. And then that led them to some of the other stuff I had written for com, And then I led it to the podcast. And for some reason, and I get this a lot, they thought I was from New York, right? People have this thing where they think I'm a New Yorker. And so- um, What
0: gives that away?
1: I think it's because like I talk real fast and I use a lot of words. So people just assume New York or something. I don't know. I, maybe it's the attitude, the bravado. I don't know. But I get it a lot. I get it more than- I probably should, being that I was oh, born and raised I in never Detroit.
0: I never, yeah, I was gonna say I never heard of that, like from you know that much, like one person. Yeah, so I'm yeah,
1: I hear it a lot. Like it's like they're surprised I'm from Detroit, and so, okay. and so, uh, so anyway, because the other two people that you mentioned in the show were from New York, okay. and so they thought I was from New York too, and then once they realized I was from Detroit, they were like, oh, so they didn't know, but they love what I had to say and they love the podcast and how I come off on there. And so they figured that I would be a good addition for that episode. And so they flew me out there to New York. We filmed for a couple of days. Um, it was like hours of material. Like, so I didn't know exactly what they were going to use. And so, right. you know, to watch them condense it down to a 30 minute show and well, not even 30 minutes. It's like 18 minutes. Cause you know, you got to come With for commercials. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, like, it took them like months to do that too, because I remember when we filmed it, they on my way back home they told me to you know promote it, and I think it was gonna be like a month or two, and it didn't come out until like what like six months later, like not even that long, like five months. So anyway, well, my was, neighbor
0: edits my neighbor edits for PBS for the specials, oh, and it's in it takes an hour to edit a minute. So if you, if you look at it like when you're doing a TV show, uh, you know imagine every minute takes someone an hour. And that's just him. So if they got a team, yeah. you know what I mean? They can knock it out pretty quick, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's time. Con- it's super time consuming.
1: Well, I know I gave them four hours of content. So yeah, I can only imagine <laughs> how much they had to edit down, but it was crazy because, um, cause I went last and they told me like they didn't get too much from the other people, which is probably why I got featured as much as I did because I pretty much filled in the gaps or filled in the blanks. Um, that the other two people didn't feel right. The one guy, I guess didn't know this ironic part. The one guy who got featured, the less actually owns a sneaker store. So you would think the person who's charged with selling shoes would know more about shoes than me, but yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you
0: showed good, man. I was proud of you. So um, I originally met you as the host of the sneaker box podcast. And I think like, I don't know if you remember this. I kind of remembered vividly. And I'm like, the first thing I remember was like, what the hell do you talk about shoes for, whatever, for an hour? I'm like, what are you talking about? Because like, listen, I grew up I remember. Air Jordans came out I think when I was in ninth grade, eighth grade I'm 49, right? So yeah, like the black and red Air Jordans and like I think, the, yeah, they're the 84 and the 85. So yeah, that we were just in seventh grade, eighth grade. Yeah. Um, you know, I had Air Force ones when I played in high school. Thought nothing of it. You, put, you use them for two years, you throw them in the garbage and I'm looking at it now going, vintage is what? It, it's, is it? Is it because, like, it was, like, baseball cards and no one knew to take care of them? And then, then the two people that left yep. them in the basement, it was so rare that they someone just had to have it for three grand. Is this how this thing started? Or how did this whole, like, sneaker culture top dollar for this stuff, how did that all
1: start? Well, I mean, baseball cards is probably an apt analogy because nobody knew. Nobody knew what it was going to turn no, into. No, it none again. of us yeah. well,
0: They were in the spokes in our, in our bikes.
1: You yeah. Know? like i mean we were throwing them up on like telephone lines you know what i'm saying so like nobody knew like i mean trust me if i knew back in high school what i know now i would have started a podcast then you know um but i don't
0: know the, about like, google stock when it came out big quite in a buck. but i digress
2: <laughs> i digress
1: they yeah, tried doing a podcast with dial-up um but <laughs> but no like it was it was something so sneakers were always a cultural thing as far back as i can remember right <laughs> Like it was a cultural thing. Like we always wore sneakers like off the court more than we did on the court. Like we had to you you know, we had to wear them on the court. But it was always a fashion thing for us. Right. It was always a status symbol. And the thing about culture is is that eventually outside interests realize that there is ways to monetize that. And yeah, once but, uh, did
0: you see the do you see the Bill Burr line about uh dirty shoes? Mm. Bill, Bill Burr, you know the stand—he's a stand-up comic, you know, Irish red hair. Yeah. But uh, he grew up—he grew up in New York, and he goes, you know, he goes, "I'm not scared of the black guys with clean shoes. I'm scared of the ones with the dirty shoes. <laughs> yeah,
1: they don't care. They don't right. care." <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it just once people begin to monetize the, you know, the cultural side of sneakers, it kind of was like this boom. And then all of a sudden you get the stock X's and you get these different media platforms and you get events like sneaker con that travel around the world. And, you know, now I'm on TV, you know, like, so it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's, it just kind of turned into this thing. But I think you see that anytime, like, you mean look at hip hop, it was the same way. Like it started off as something people just did at block parties and then it just kind of just blew up from there.
0: Yeah. So is it kind of like, um, are the, I hate the fact that I'm, making this analogy but is it kind of like what they're doing with funko now where you have a target exclusive and then you have a walmart exclusive and then you have uh san diego comic-con exclusive and then they're only releasing six of this one so they try to like it's almost like an artificially yeah. raising the market on like certain ones and then mm-hmm. they flood the market with the shit ones is the sneaker following like i'm assuming that that they're doing that because i mean it's all it's a formula you can just see it happening at what in front of you
1: yeah um, it's you know, generating you know it's basically you're generating hype right like so yeah th- like you this demand like the less demand there is for something the more people want it right and so that's what nike has been brilliant at doing is okay we're going to like you said, we're going to flood the market with these other shoes that you can find at like Ross and, you know, DSW and wherever, right? But then here are these limited edition sneakers, these signature sneakers for like with Jordan and LeBron. and You know, we're going to do these collaborations with people like Kanye West and uh, um, Virgil Abloh, like I mentioned earlier. And we're going to limit them because now when you limit a shoe, the demand goes up and then there's like this intrinsic value that becomes placed on the product because people see that this shoe is in demand. So now they conflate the demand for that shoe onto other products that have the same logo. And, it's, I mean, and it's brilliant because now, you know, you put a swoosh on any shoe, it, the value goes up just because it's a Nike or just because it's a Jordan. And, you know, I mean, and I mean, now Nike, it was funny because I had a, a friend of mine. He's, um, He's a senior designer at Carhartt, and basically he said, like, Nike is a more affordable Balenciaga or a more affordable Gucci. Like, it's seen in that same category. Like, it's 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 in that same category, but it's more affordable. And so that's – and I think that's why people gravitate to it.
0: Well, yeah, because you can, like, you can get a $30 pair of them. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day – it's you know there there's four thousand dollar pairs being sitting on the shelves right behind your head, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. So,
2: speaking about the shoes on the shelf behind you, how how do you manage a collection of shoes? They take up a lot more space than trading cards.
1: Oh yeah, man, I wear a size fifteen too, so yeah, they take a lot. <laughs> yeah. So um, I have shelves upon shelves upon shelves of shoes. Like my living room and my bedroom look like a Foot Locker stock room at this point. Um,
2: but do you leave them in the box do you get special boxes
1: no i i, I try to leave them in the box this is why I got the shelving system I had like before I was just stacking them on each other but the problem is the bottoms will get the bottom boxes will get crushed under the weight and so um this is why some of the shoes you see behind me don't have boxes um but I try to leave them in the box I try to take the paper out because the paper over time you know the acidity it breaks down and you know it can deteriorate the shoe I try to keep them out of light because light deteriorates the shoe um the temperature, all that good stuff, so.
2: Do you ever put, like, waterproofing anything on your shoes, or do you leave them pristine I, from the, like, I, from the. Spray?
1: I have. I really don't like doing it, because at the end of the day, you're still putting a chemical on your shoe, right? And chemicals break down. And so I try not to. There are times I feel like, okay, and, you know, if I know I'm going somewhere, and there's a potential, like, if I'm wearing, like, a pair of all shoes and there's potential for spillage, I am going to spray that shoe you know, down because you know I don't. The to me, doing that is a lot better than having to try to clean that thing. Because once a shoe, especially an all white shoe, once any part of that is no longer white, it throws out the entire shoe. Sure, sure.
2: So,
0: so there was a big stink that just happened, like it was a month or two ago, yeah. with StockX and Nike. And then StockX fired <laughs> back, and there's a huge legal claim. Can you talk about that, or is it because it's still illegal? What, I was hoping. I was hoping. It was okay, the, is that a, question. okay. So, so I guess you you know the story well. So, talk to me about well, that story. And, you know, obviously with StockX being local, you know, it hits home. So, what uh, what's the deal? What, what did they were put? They were pushing counterfeits, but they didn't know.
1: No, this whole thing is the pettiest beef between two companies I've ever seen. I cannot wait to see how it develops. Right. So, this whole thing is basically over NFTs. Right. So, StockX is basically a company that acts as a middleman because previously you would buy shoes online and you either had to really know what you were looking for in order to, you know, determine whether or not it was an authentic. And so, StockX is a middleman where They have a platform. People can buy and sell on their platform. And when people make that purchase, the shoes are first sent to StockX for them to authenticate. And then once they authenticate it, they send it to you. So that's pretty much the longest short of what they do. And so now that everybody's venturing into different uh, things, like the metaverse, that's the hot thing right now and NFTs, right? So now that everybody's doing all that stuff, what StockX decided to do, Was venture uh, basically make NFTs based on Nike products, right? And off the top of my head, I can't remember exactly every detail, but I know one of the things was they made a mistake by saying that the NFTs were 100% authenticated, right? And that's a big no no. Any lawyer would tell you never claim 100% anything because now you're setting yourself up for failure. Two, sure, the NFTs, you made them exactly. The NFTs. Uh, they say we're attached to a real shoe, but they weren't. Like, if you wanted to, like, get the shoe, like, the claim was, if you know, you could get the NFT, and if you wanted to get the real shoe, the real product, you could. You couldn't initially. I don't know if they changed. I don't know if that's changed since then. But initially, you couldn't. And then it was a third thing I can't remember at the top of my head. But Nike's big point of contention was, how are you going to make NFTs based on our product? Right? That's bullshit. Because at the same time, Nike was trying to do the same thing. See, Nike didn't care about the authentication thing. Like, Nike, if they wanted to, they could authenticate their own shoes. Problem is, it'd be too much money and it would take too long to do because, one, the way they can determine, like you said, because they make the product, they can, a lot of the materials that are made to make a Nike shoe are proprietary. So they know off the bat whether or not it's their shit, right? But that might also require them destroying part of the shoe in order to take samples to you know make sure that it is their product it's like dna testing right you got to destroy some of the evidence to do a dna Mm -hmm. test right so they just figured you know what we'll let them do it because they benefit from it anyway because platforms like StockX, you know the hype is built up on there and that benefits a nike so they had no problem with them doing that because they weren't looking to compete in that market However, they were looking at competing in the NFT marketplace, which is where StockX, you know, planted their flag and started making NFTs of Nike products. And that was the point of contention. So then Nike basically uh, pulled out the silver bullet and just kind of just undermined them by basically putting casting doubt in their authentication process, which is the hallmark of their business. Right. Because if you can't trust them yeah. to authenticate the shoes, then why would you purchase on their platform? Right, you got the biggest sneaker brand in the world calling you out, you know, for your authentication. Now, here's what's funny: previous to that, Nike and StockX, they were had a cordial relationship. Like Nike, like StockX, whenever they had questions, they could reach out directly to Nike, as far as like authenticating a product, and Nike would, you know, assist. Right, so they had that type of working relationship, and Nike was okay with their authentication process. However, when they started going head to head, you know, now I was like, okay, well, your your authentication process sucks. Well, you said it was okay, so now it's like this mudslinging going on, and there's more fighting in the court of public opinion than is actually being held in court right now because I don't think they go back to court until like next year. Well, so and it's never
0: you. You already picked a side if you're on one side or the other. So like that's that's already yeah.
1: The yeah, public opinion, that's I'm on Nike side on this only because I'm always fighting for the originator. Right, I'm always. Right. You know, this is a Nike product. Like, And this is similar to any time we get new technology, this is what happens, right? It takes court cases like this to determine what happens next. Like you think about...
0: Because you, you don't know what it is.
1: Think about when the internet first came out, right? Like nobody... Like there was no laws for the internet because it didn't exist. And so it took a lot of things happening for laws to become established. And so now that NFTs are that new technology... There's a wild wild west and everybody just kind of doing what they can't or doing what they want to until somebody tells them they can't and this is what you're seeing this is why you see a lot of nfts now being challenged in court because people are just making nfts or whatever the fuck they want to even if it's yeah. an existing property for any you know for somebody else and it's becoming a problem it's almost like
0: i just uh i just googled something and yeah. I, I was like what's the nft market these days? I I always thought it was bullshit, you know, to be candid. I agree. Um, Thank you. I, I think it's I, but I understand the whole thing with art and value and no. people you, know, you I, I'm trying to understand no, it. No. Don't do that. Just, uh, don't do last that. Last year no. it was a, last year was a 50 billion dollar market and it's expected to grow another 100 billion.
1: It's so Like I'm Listen. Like who's buying it? What are they doing? Cuz it is it? it, rich people just spending money just so they can say I'm rich. That's all it is. It is so speculative because it's like it's not based on anything tangible like if I buy a piece of art I, I own that piece of art I can hang it wherever the fuck I want to right my I bad for using that F word I
0: can also get posters of that art that exactly. I can buy for $12 at at you know Meijer
1: but with the NFT they're like oh there's a blockchain but I'm like I can just screenshot it boom right. stolen like you know what I'm saying Like it required no effort on my part and yeah blockchain and all this other stuff but if I just want to own that poster like you said screenshot boom post it but here's
0: the thing it might take a hundred years to say like hey there's this picasso and this one's worth a hundred million you know what i mean the picasso hasn't been defined yet so what is art really it's just you know what's the difference between your mom painting in the backyard versus like you know (laughs) a rembrandt i'm just saying you know what i mean it it takes a hundred years for that stuff to pan out so like people are trying to you know get in a get into a market that they have no idea you know who knows yeah but but if if
1: there's a power outage your NFT is worthless. <laughs> right. right, So I mean, you know, it's just that it's just rich people finding ways to flaunt their wealth and getting poor people to buy up into it. That's really no, what it I, is.
0: I kinda quote. I want to quote you on that. That's going to be the headline of.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, what I'm just curious as to, like, in terms of like shoe supremacy, because like when I was coming up, you had. There was probably, to me, there was like 15, 20 more brands than exist today, right? I remember Reebok was huge. Um, Asics were big. Um, There was certain, you know, shoes were coming up. You know, Adidas,
2: obviously, and Puma, that was the gold standard back then also. When I was in school, Airwalks were the thing. Airwalks, that's right. I don't even think they exist anymore. Yeah, They had a moment, yeah.
0: But I feel like everything is gone now. It's only We're back to like four brands. Am I just not looking?
1: But, no, there's more brands, I think, for the people that really care. Like, I'm a sneakerhead, right? Like, yeah, the majority right. of my collection is Nike, but that's only because they consistently make a size 15. But I love all sneakers, right? So I care about that stuff. But this generation of clout chasing and hype, they yeah, they only pay attention to the Nikes and the Jordans and the Yeezys and, you know, that type of stuff. But, yeah, there's more brands than ever now. Um, It's just... You know, making yourself open to being aware of them, and yeah. so you know, not every company can afford the marketing and PR of a Nike, right? Right. And so they have to depend on you know the word of mouth that you know ebbs and flows in the sticker community, and um, and that's what I try to do on my show, or I try to do, I try to highlight these shoes, you know, because I mean, you know, after a while you get tired of just seeing the same old Jordans being reproduced over sure. and over and over again. You know,
0: See, I'm a soccer junkie, and yeah. uh, my parents are German immigrants. I always love the the love the Adidas and Puma story.
1: Right? I do. I'm surprised uh, nobody's ever really. It's okay. So here's nobody knows this. So this is an exclusive for this podcast. So <laughs> before it got canceled, I was supposed to be on an episode of Drunk History. Um, oh yeah, and so. We, I actually developed a friend of mine J T Palmer. He was actually uh, he was an actor on that show, and so we developed because you know they did three stories per episode. So we developed three sneaker stories, and one of the stories was the fallout between the two Dosler brothers that yeah. created Adidas and Puma. And uh, and so yeah, so like because nobody ever really talks about that story. So I thought that'd be interesting, especially to see play out. You know, being acted out drunk as I, you know, I don't know if I was gonna be the one. Who got drunk and told the story. But um you know, but it'd been an interesting thing to watch be reenacted. And so um that was supposed to happen, but then it got cancelled thanks to a lot of things, including COVID. And so it was just like it never happened, but
0: I always wonder if it's uh the cringe factor because his first name was Adolf. Um I know he went by Adi. <laughs> But, um, you know, you know what I mean? Like, like, you know, when that's when it comes up, because I've told people about it before and they're like, I've never heard of it. I go, Adi, it's Adidas, Adolf Dossler. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I thought it was all day. I dream about sex. I'm like, no, that's not, that wasn't, you
1: know, that's not it. <laughs> that's not it. That, was that might be we better doing. marketing than what Adidas is doing now. But yeah, no, I, <laughs> I, I no, It's funny. Like, I'm pretty sure Adolf probably closes more doors than it opens at this point. Um, and yeah. so, yeah, no, I mean, just like, I remember when like, Barack Obama ran, I'm like, man, change that middle name. Like, bro, that's not going to get you any favors in the South. Not oh, that he had yeah, any like, anyway, yeah, but...
0: They <laughs> like, would be like, in Barack Hussein!
1: Yeah, Obama. Hussein, yeah. yeah. It was like, emphasis on <laughs> Hussein. <laughs> right. So, yeah, no, it's certain names. This is why you see a lot of famous actors, like, you know, change their names. Because, you know, some names just, they either don't, have a nice ring to it, or they just sound horrible. Because, like you said, when you hear Adolf, what's the first thing you think of? Right, right,
0: right. I mean, yeah, that name's buried. You know, there's nobody like I think there was a comedian that was talking about that. If your last name was that last name, like you're yeah. changing it tomorrow in court, like man. you're
1: running. Yeah, it was almost like you know being named Jeeves. It was like you are almost guaranteed to be a butler in life. You know, like that's it.
0: <laughs> there was a there was a time, man, if your name was Tim. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the South Park years where you, your name was Timor. like <laughs> ah, yeah. you, you were at five years old. See, the problem is my uh, my daughter's Gretchen. Yeah. And she's, you know, 5'11". So, of course, with the governor, everybody, like, calls her Big Gretchen School. So it's like, thanks a lot, Dad. Mm. You know, first, it was Gretchen Wieners from Mean Girls. And now I'm Big Gretchen School. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, like, has the other, you know, going back to, like, the whole Funko thing and Nike kind of is masterful at it. Are the other brands, I don't necessarily see it. I see it with Adidas with the easy stuff where they're kind of coming out with like the, but they're not doing it with their mainstays or they're not doing it. With, you know, are they, are they following that blueprint? I was just curious if you would think they would um, just to get some more awareness to their brand, but it doesn't seem like they are.
1: See, Okay. So the thing with Adidas that's so interesting is for the longest time, their German headquarters dictated what happened here in North America. And you, I, I know you travel a lot. You know, what's necessarily popular in other countries isn't necessarily popular here and vice versa, right? No doubt. No doubt. And so, soccer,
0: speaking of which, soccer's king over there. Formula One is king over there. Right. Here it's football football, and NASCAR. Yeah, it's two, you
1: know. Yeah. Exactly. And so, to have an international group dictating moves that happen here, isn't necessarily going to set you up for success. I mean, they, that's the reason why they passed on Michael Jordan, because the mind, you know, the, the 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 brain trust in German HQ did not think that a guard could sell shoes. It was just about big men, right?
0: I mean, why didn't they just do Air Schweinsteigers and make, was,
1: it, <laughs> make it all the day, right? You would think, right? <laughs> and so... It wasn't until they allowed their North America headquarters, who's more in tune with what's happening here in North America, to make decisions. That's the whole reason why Kanye thing blew up, because they saw an opportunity there, and they used it, and it, it, it gave them new life. And so now what's happening is the HQ in Germany is now trying to take back that power from the you know brain trust here in North America. And if they
0: finally hit, they want it back.
1: Yeah, and it, and it makes absolutely no sense because one, you know, like you said, like you talk about Adidas, first thing people talk about is Yeezy. That's not actually an Adidas shoe. Like Yeezy owns, he owns the shoe. Like, so it's not an oh. it's 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 like a partnership, not Adidas doesn't actually own it. Like Nike owns Jordan, right? They own yeah. that, right? Adidas does not own.
0: Oh, they're just Yeezy. contract manufacturing for him?
1: Kind of, sort of, like, is more involved in that. But, and like, they have, they have to keep re upping that contract. Right. So, wow. it's not the same thing. And so, for me, you would think that they would have learned something from the last few years and tied that into their shoes because Adidas does have a lot of nice shoes. They have a yeah. longer history than Nike does. And so, to see them struggle so bad with not only putting out great product that people want, but just, you know, as far as marketing to this generation of sneakerheads and getting people uh, wrapped up into their product, it's just, and just seeing them have trouble telling their own stories, it's just like, it's well, sad you to watch. Thought,
0: you would have thought, though, they were ahead of, of Nike back in yep. like 84. What happened in 84? Run DMC. And you would have thought they would have jumped over that Jumped all, I mean, Run DMC had to do more for their sales, and it was organic yeah, than anything that they pushed in terms of their, you know, Samba line or any of the other lines. That had to have been the biggest push for them. It
1: was. It was. But, once again, German HQ, because you got to remember, H- hip-hop at that time was, like, fairly new. So, everybody had in their mind that it was going to be, like, this fad. It was going to be hot mm-hmm. for a second and go away. So, nobody really thought to hitch their wagon to it, right? And they didn't. This is why they didn't do shit with it you know, right. whereas, and here's the thing, here's the thing about corporate, I always say this, you can look at the landscape of any type of uh, business genre you want to talk about, is that when the the new ideas come from new companies, and the reason that happens is because they have to do something different, right, they have, to, the establishment is the establishment, so in order to make a name for themselves, they got to come with something new, something different, right, and then usually what happens is once they've, proving that their idea is viable then those bigger entities come and buy them up so when That's nike funny. came
0: we were, oh, I oh go ahead go ahead
1: so when nike came on the scene they had to do something different right they couldn't come in and do what adidas did because adidas already had a lock on that they couldn't do what congress did because they had a lock on that so they had to do something fresh and different which is why they basically bet the farm on michael jordan and it paid off right and so when you're corporate the, the when you're corporate There is a lack of innovation because nobody wants to take risks. They want to do what's comfortable. They want to do what's safe. They want to do what they know makes money. Right. Risk can go either way.
0: We were talking before the, before the show, I was talking about the bad knee shoes with the, with the, you know, you could just kick them on Mm -hmm. and you know, they're called Kizik's and they're the best shoes I ever bought because I can wear nice dress shoes now and I don't have to tie them because I, you know, my knees are shot. You know what I mean? So like, they're great. Guess who just came out with them like two weeks ago? Sketchers. So, they let, the, yeah, they let these guys prove out their shoe, their technology and now Sketch is like, all right, we're 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 jumping on that one. So mm-hmm. I just saw a commercial for like, you know, tireless shoes and you kick them on and the back kicks back up with you and, you know, I'm like, oh my God, they just stole it. You
1: know? Yeah, that's usually what happens. It's like, oh, okay, that's a good idea. We're either going to take, we're either going to buy it from you or yeah. we're going to just rebrand what you created <laughs> and change it enough so we can't be sued. And then right. repackage it as our own.
0: It's like done, 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 done. Like Vanilla Ice said, right?
1: Yeah, you know, exactly. Funny. We add that one little drum <laughs> kick, and it's a different song, right? <laughs> I'm yeah, glad but... you said that because I always say that. I'm like, anytime I see somebody do that, I, like, I, it's a verb now. I'm like, yo, they're Vanilla Ice in it. Like, they're just changing one little aspect. Did you
0: see the interview when Vanilla he was Ice? just when he was justified? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. oh yeah and he's like yeah they're done 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 dun. we're done 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 like
1: yeah. oh that i can just imagine david bowie just sitting there just wanting to throw his remote to the tv watching that.
0: <laughs> right like how do you pass that off i, I mean i can understand <laughs> the audacity right so what do you is there is there anyone that can even come up and like take on one of the big companies because like you get you had the flashes once in a while um, I mean, obviously, Converse was huge when I was a kid, man. When you had the, you know, the Kevin McHales and the, you know, the Larry, you know, all of those, and the, you know, the Magic Johnsons, you know. But then, like, uh, Marbury came out with that twenty dollar pair for Stephen Barry's, right? Um, Shaq got close, you know, that kind of fell off. But like, is there any shoe or brand or anything that you think can come up and even touch any of the big boys these days?
1: Okay, as of right now, I I can't see a brand, however. Cause I just had this conversation with somebody, if history has taught us anything, whether you're talking about a country or a corporation, nothing yeah. is too big to fail. If we went back 80 years ago and we looked at Macy's, you would have thought Macy's would have been around forever. Yeah. And look how they're struggling now. You know, look at all the companies that we thought were going to be here forever. Like, let's go back to the late 1990s. Blockbuster. You thought they was going to be here forever. What ended up happening? And usually what happens I is... I miss
0: Blockbuster. I miss it. I
1: do too, actually. But the thing about see what happens, two things happen that bring about the demise of a company. One, they become stagnant, they do stuff that they feel like is safe, mm-hmm. and they get an inflated self-assense, uh, inflated sense of self. I'm sorry. So where they don't think they need to do anything because they you know they don't have any competition, or at least their competition, and it usually requires some company proving them wrong. And usually when a company is that big, it's hard to pivot. It's like a big ship. It's hard to do that U-turn, right? It's a long process to turn around. And then what right. also ends up bringing about changes just to change the technology. Like we talked about Blockbuster. Once streaming became a thing, well, once you know DVD uh, mail service became a thing, that was kind of like the catalyst. And then once streaming became a thing, that was like the death nail. That was just it for them because they couldn't right. respond quickly enough to compete with that market. And they could have. They
0: could have. They ignored it. We, you know, but that's because they,
1: those they're, stories. They're
0: those always, stories are a hundred miles long about them trying to buy Netflix. What was it, Randy? Thirty million bucks or something
1: ridiculous? Yep. Are like nah. Because they, because they, they're a blockbuster. Because think about yeah. if you're the CEO of Blockbuster, you're sitting pretty. You're the biggest rental company in the world, right? There's no threat, at least you know what they consider to be a threat at that time. So you're feeling safe. You're feeling good. There's like no. There's no reason for them to. To take that risk of changing. And
2: and now they have what one store left somewhere not in Potum, Alaska? Uh, it's an oh, Airbnb. Isn't no,
0: it one store? It's like an air, it's a Airbnb now. Yeah. Um, but they got into the mail DVD thing and it failed miserably because everybody was like conditioned already. They already bought net the people that are gonna buy Netflix, bought Netflix, right? But see now I'm looking at the sneaker industry, and I don't want to equate it to the liquor industry, but I almost feel like the ones the only liquors right now that are succeeding that are coming new into the market. Yeah are a celebrity liquor and whether it's their idea or someone planted their name on it, like, Oh, you know, it's not this tequila. That's the George Clooney tequila. No, it's not that vodka. That's the P Diddy vodka or whatever his name is these days. Um, uh, You know what I mean? It's like, you know, is that what is, do you think that's going to move the sneakers as well? Like it's not, you know, cause this is the Kanye sneaker. It's not, you know, obviously basketball, basketball players are going to transcend. And you know what I mean? That's not, I'm talking outside of that.
1: No, yeah, it's it's all about branding now. We've become such suckers for branding is ridiculous. We will eat shit as long as it's branded properly, mm-hmm. right? And that's just what it is. Like, you know, I'll be the first to tell you, there's a lot of Nike shoes that are complete trash and Nike knows it, but they know they can get away with it because as a swoosh on it, you're going to buy it. Sure. So why am I going to, you know what I'm saying? If I know, if I know I can sell, like, let's just say I got a restaurant, right? If I know that I am not buying the best ingredients, right? And I'm not even cooking it properly, but if people are going to line up to buy it anyway. What incentive do I have to go get better ingredients? And it's to done. cook it right. I don't have an incentive. I'm selling out like crazy. Right? Yeah. So I'm I can get away with murder almost. And so that's what's happening right now. I mean, not even just the sneakers, just in general. Like people buy people buy whatever they've been branded to buy, right? And they just sure. eat that shit up without questioning it. And even if they complain about it once, like it's still not enough to get them to stop because it requires change and change is scary. It is. Yeah. It's,
0: you know, we we we're used to, you know, the the, the 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 cheeseburger, um, you know, the fries and the coke that's, you know, it's i uh, am I'm I'm looking at the counterfeit goods, sorry, that was my next topic. Um, um, but like that's, you know, we're used to things you know what I mean? And when when something changes the market, it's either going to hit or it's going to mess. Um, yep. And that's you, you see that stuff. So, I'm, you know, while I appreciate them, you know, and that's a, the thing of differentiation is like the difference between that $20 pair, you know, but you still got that swoosh on it. So I think, you know, if you're a kid that your mom can't afford it, you know what I mean? When I was a kid yeah. and I got those Air Force Ones, you know what I had to do to get those Air Force Ones when I was 15 years old? That yep. you know, was a lot of lawns. A lot of burger flipping. That was a that was a lot of work. Yeah, and it just, I feel like, um, and you took. I care of not Didn't you? Oh, that that was. They were they were getting. You know, yeah, they were no scuffs on those things. Not even full, full basketball season. Oh, I was proud of them. You know what I mean? That that was a because
1: was you a had because you had to earn it. These companies don't have to earn our money anymore. We're throwing it at them, right? So therefore, they don't take care of us.
0: They use that phrase at work all the time. The fish are jumping in the boat. It's I mean, it's oh, perfect.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, no, you're good. You're good.
0: Yeah. You're good. And then, you know, I wanted to get into the counterfeit stuff. We were talking about it earlier with StockX a little bit, but it went into NFTs. But I'm I'm looking at, you know, I know, I know some people, <clears throat> my wife <clears throat> that buys, you know, the fake Louis, and she doesn't care. Um how often do you see that where it's like, um, did I just out her on the podcast? <laughs>
1: she's going to she's going to be on the couch.
0: She's going to be, <laughs> but like you, you see it, you know, you, you get like, you know, you go to any flea market in town, right? Yeah. I love, I love me some Dixieland flea market up in Waterford. Yeah. And I mean, you know, half the store is counterfeit and it's like, you know, then now you can strut around, you know, you just paid that guy like 60 bucks, 40 bucks for, you know, those $300 sneaks. I mean, how hard is it to tell them apart these days? Has the technology getting that good? Or is it like, Oh, you know, or, or is it just like, Oh, that stitches bullshit. Nope. It's not it. You know?
1: So, yeah, well, to answer the one question, yes, like technology has definitely made it harder to discern, which is what is a fake and what isn't. Right. Because like when I was in high school, you could easily look at somebody's foot like those are fake. Take those off. Right. Like, yeah, right. you know, like now. It's not even spelled right. <laughs> yeah. Like now you got to like I, I mean, you actually got to put a black light on it and the stuff. You got to know what to look for. I mean, this is why like a stock X exists, because the fakes have gotten that much better at producing fakes. And so, um, but this well, problem. The, the
0: problem is, all right, I don't mean to cut you, but the, I think the problem is we outsourced all of our stuff to China and we gave them the blueprints. And 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 now it's like they, you know, they, there's not a lot of work on their end because they got the blueprints. And you think they're not selling them to their buddies? Oh, 100%. A, next door? 100%. Know, that's where all of it's emanating from. Yeah. This isn't because someone would like grab, bought a pair and mocked it. No, the, the, they got the plans for that stuff.
1: But even on top of that, because you want, well, one, you're, you're 100% right. But then on top of that, too, and I'm speaking specifically about, you know, sneakers, um, you know, when brands, like I just talked about, well, brands don't have incentive to take care of their uh, the customers or even giving them great product. Like Nike, for a while, was giving us subpart, it was giving us synthetic leathers, and they the craftsmanship was horrible. You had glue stains everywhere that they didn't give a fuck because they were selling out, right? Yep. So when you start having that attitude, and like you said, the blueprints end up in the hands of some manufacturer who's making, you know, uh, fakes and variants, Yeah. you know, you're not really setting yourself apart because they don't have a high bar to jump over because you're putting out shit yourself. Right. So if you're putting out yeah, shit right. and they're putting out something decent, they meet in the middle. So now you have a hard time discerning, OK, which one is real or which one isn't, because, I mean, even the real shoes look fake because they're made so shitty, right? So that became a problem. Um, but in this generation of clout, like I remember when I was growing up, the community pleased itself, right? And you see that in most communities, right? Like in the baseball card Absolutely. community, right? Like if somebody has a fake baseball card, they call that shit out. Right? And because, not
0: only that, your, your name is nut mud forever.
1: Exactly. Right? Because once you start letting fakes permeate, like then, you know, then the value drops because yeah. What's the point of owning a real Babe Ruth baseball card if the fake is being bought and sold for the same price, right? Sure. So you see in sneakers now, though, that people like this generation really don't care as long as it looks the part. They don't. They willingly would tell you, like, yeah, these are fakes, but so what? They look the part, and they well, don't when care. They're, anymore.
0: When they're twelve hundred bucks, I don't kind of blame them. I'm just throwing that out there. I agree. You know, those Air Force Ones I bought were 80 bucks. You know what I mean? I still work for them, but like now it's like the the prices are getting so.
1: But that's ridiculous. the resale price. And that's our fault. The reason yeah. the resale price well, we, is. We paid for it. But no, but I mean, but the community, and this is what I told people on my show, and people got mad at me. I'm like, you're not obligated to buy sneakers, you're not. If you don't think a particular shoe is worth a certain price, you're not obligated to, to buy it. The reason you buy it is because there's so much hype around the shoe that is like this buy first, think later attitude, right? Where it's like, I'm just gonna buy, buy, buy. I'm gonna consume like a motherfucker and then think about my purchases later. Right? And it becomes a problem because now you're just feeding this machine. And so that's why shoes are going for twelve hundred dollars because people are paying that price. If people weren't sure. paying that price, then you know the shoes would just be sitting there and this is why you have discounts. This is why you have sales because people enough people aren't buying that shoe and they gotta move that shoe out of the store to bring in more inventory.
0: I mean it's the housing market, it's a it's a whole bunch of, it's yeah. like everything these days. Everything these days is going through that thing. Or it's yeah. just you know you are paying for it so they're like, okay, cool. I you know I just got away with selling this piece of craft for twelve hundred bucks. I'm gonna I'm gonna push out thousand more why wouldn't I?
1: I'm not I'm telling you it's against my religion to pay i the most I pay for a shoe is four hundred dollars. That's yeah, That's a, anything more than that, I don't need it. And now I don't even think I pay that now because I'm just like, I, I don't know if it's just because of me getting older and more mature, but it's just like I could be doing so many other things with that money. You know what I'm saying? Spending, like I just
0: spending spending one twenty on my Cole Hans, man. That was rough for me. I
1: can <laughs> see. I'm in condition. I've been conditioned already. Like two hundred dollars is like normal for me for like on a pair of shoes, right? Because I know the value is going to go up, even if I wear the shoe. Like yeah. the value is going to go up so I understand that part of it, but to go out here and spend thought, I mean, these kids have no, it's almost like they have no value of money. It's like they would spend $1,200 like it's $12, right? There's no thought to it. Like if if you ask me to spend $1,200, I'm like, I'm either getting the best sex ever, or I just got out of some type, like some tax loophole was like taken advantage of like something, like, you know what I'm saying? Like something important, like, $1,200 Twelve hundred dollars for a pair of shoes? I'm good. Now I'll sell a pair for twelve hundred dollars because it's worth that. Sure. And some idiot sure. out there will buy it, but I'm not gonna be that idiot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Just, I don't. I mean, but here's the thing. Trust though. me, like, I
0: bought a. Yeah. Trust me, I bought a Boba Fett at a comic con for hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah. And it was like a limited edition Star Wars celebration, and it, and it was a Shogun Warrior, and I loved that stuff when I was a kid. So I, I'm staring at it all weekend, and I finally bought it. Right. I'm looking it up on eBay now. It's a thousand dollars.
1: See. But And I already know somebody listening is like, oh my God, sneakers, $1,200. I'm like, look, somebody out there listening paid more than that for a baseball card. They're all commodities. Oh, well,
0: yeah. You right. Know what I'm saying? Like, you know, someone's going to pay $1,000 for that Boba Fett. Yeah, you know what I mean? Well, it's definitely. A, yeah. Yeah. Randy, you were going to say something. Sorry.
2: I was going to ask. I know we talked earlier about them like, authentic kidding shoes by destroying them to determine what they're made of. Or are they anything like putting anti counterfeit measures in them in the first place? Like, you know, trading cards will put like a hollow foil stamp or something on them to help prove their authenticity
1: nike i know for a fact is working on something as a matter of fact they're working with the u.s government or at least are trying to work with the u.s government to stop from uh, counterfeits from being uh allowed in to the country um because they do have a vested interest in um stopping counterfeits um, but, you I think, think they
0: wanna, i think they want to let it happen because rfid technology is so cheap they're doing it with like Coke at Walmart, mm-hmm. where they know they they can scan it and know what you know. It's nothing because they're putting it on every twelve, so the people so they know like the supply chain. Anyone that's in supply chain like knows about this, you know. Yeah, like it's almost like they want it to happen, like because because the measures are so ch- and everybody gets a you know thirty dollar scanner. Yeah, and, and you know what I mean.
1: Yeah,
0: the technology is there to do it very easily to to make sure that they're not. You
1: would think I um it's gotten so bad now. There are actually companies, so like an Air Jordan One, right? Has a basic structure to it. I'm mean, just pulling a pair around. Just, I mean, I know people can't see it, but there's a, this is an Air Jordan One, right? Yeah. The
0: classic. There,
1: there is literally a guy out here who just removed the swoosh and put a Thunderbolt in place of the swoosh. Right? Same exact shoe, same exact colorways, making a killing, <laughs> making a killing. Like just because it looks like a Jordan One. And it, but I mean, that, and to me, that's a counterfeit, you know, because like if I go build a car and it looks just like a Maserati minus the logo, you know, that's a, that's a knockoff to me.
0: I mean, Puff Daddy's sending Sting half a million dollar checks every year for missing you still 20 years later. That's I'm
1: just the, saying, <laughs> to, thank you. That to me, that's the equivalent. Like if I right. take somebody else's music and make a new song, like, yeah, it might be a new song. Like if you vanilla ice it, using vanilla ice again, <laughs> right. right? It might be a new song or a new uh, new spin on the song, but you still took somebody else's property in order to do that, right? And I feel Absolutely. like I told the brands, like, yo, like, you know, it, it, one way you can combat this is the way people have to pay for a licensing fee to sample a song. Make people pay a licensing fee to sample your shoe.
0: Seriously, smart. Yeah. And then let people be creative with it. And then you just started a new industry. Thank you. you know, right? Right. Like literally. But what do I know? I just, because now you have unique stuff. Now you'll have the artist like or like a street artist or someone, you know, put their spin on it, put out 300 pair, charge out the wazoo. And it's, you know what I mean? It's one little. Yeah. I mean, that. that's a no brainer to me.
1: I but see, that's, but that's my frustration as far as who I am and what I do in the sneaker industry. Because I'll say something like that. And nobody listens. And then, like, Kanye wants to say the same thing. And it's like, oh, my God, Kanye, what a great yeah. idea. And I was like, okay. <laughs>
0: you know, like, welcome, welcome to all of our worlds. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> hey, um, I don't mean to hold you up. I'll cut you loose, man. I I can't thank you enough. It's really great to see it's been too long. Um, We'll put out the notes uh, for Sneaker Box Podcast. Definitely look them up. Uh it's it's definitely worth the listen. And if I think are you on on, on demand with the history channel? I, I saved it on my D V R, but
1: I, I don't know if it's say, you know, it's a good question. I I wanna say it is yeah. I know it's on the website. Um I try looking it isn't up on the Discovery app yet. Um when it will be, I don't know um but. fast history of
0: swoosh dreams season two episode 11 and then sneaker box podcast anywhere fine podcasts are sold we african caesar appreciate the time man. always good seeing you look forward to catching up to you soon
1: yes sir thank you
0: all right thank you man yeah. and on behalf of uh, we're going to end this episode 444 of the it and the d show on behalf of bob and randy do us all a favor drink up your drinks get your phone numbers you don't got to go home you just got to get the hell out of here see you next week drive careful beat it